Thanks, Marissa, for that introduction. My name is Carla Reyes, and I'm a member of the Central Committee of the Party for Socialism and Liberation. I'm also one of the managing editors of Breaking the Chains, which is our socialist and feminist magazine. And I'm a proud public school teacher and union member of the United Federation of Teachers, which is the largest teachers union in the country. And today I wanna to discuss the current state of women in the United States in the middle of a public health and economic crisis. In the last 10 weeks, nearly 40 million people have lost their jobs and billionaires in the US saw their net worth increased by $434 billion. If these profits were divided among the people who have been recently unemployed, each person could get a check of about $11,000. And that's only from the profits made in the last two months. Women workers are increasingly becoming the new leadership of the new labor movement. The strike wave of teachers in recent years has been in large measure led by women. This trend is not only in education, we're going to see it and are beginning to see it in workplaces across the country. And there's a reason for this. It's rooted in the material reality of the working class, the changing character of work, the destruction of traditional higher paid manufacturing jobs and the growing consciousness among women that we are not only oppressed, but can become and are becoming the leaders of our entire class in the struggle against all oppression. Not only have these last two months changed how our family, friends, and neighbors survive, but also changed how we view workers. Millions of workers, including millions of women workers, are now deemed essential. The New York Times reported that 52% of essential jobs under the pandemic are done by women. This amounts to about 48 million women across the country. Women are more likely to work in healthcare. Nearly nine out of 10 nurses and nursing assistants are women. The majority of respiratory therapists, pharmacists, pharmacy aides, and technicians are all women. Women make up 46% of the workers in medical supply industries, the same workers who are producing gloves, masks, and testing swabs. 42% of the Amazon workforce is women. 70% of laundry and dry cleaning workers are women. More than two-thirds of the grocery workers um, at checkouts and fast food counters are women. 77% of public school teachers are women, with the percentage dramatically increasing for elementary and preschool teachers. And 78% of social workers are women. And these are the same workers who are helping navigate food assistance, unemployment insurance, domestic violence assistance, housing resources, mental health services. And in large parts of the country, a majority of these jobs are held by women of color. Looking at these numbers, it's safe to say that women are currently leading the workforce. So who are these women? We don't know every minute detail, but I can say that 80% of single parent families are headed by single mothers, and that's over 11 million families. And nearly a third of those family, families live in poverty. So how is it possible that with this many women working, there are still so much, there's still so much food insecurity in this country? Two in five households with mothers with children 12 and under are experiencing food insecurity and one in five households go one step further where the children themselves are food insecure. It's really different when you think about food insecurity because it means that on a survey, you checked off one of two things. One, the food we brought in just didn't last and we didn't have enough money to get more. Or two, the children in my household are, were not eating enough because we couldn't afford enough food. 
This means you literally have nothing left to give to your children. As I said earlier, I'm a school teacher and last week was parent-teacher conferences and I was talking to a family um, and the mom opened up that she's undocumented and mentioned that she needed food for her three children. So I immediately began to tap into different networks for food distribution, mutual aid and city services. And I realized how difficult it was to find services in some remote parts of the city. And this is New York City. It's the land of abundance. It's the home of Wall Street. And it was so difficult to find a place that could deliver food, no questions asked. A place where I didn't have to put the family's information at risk because the database could then be sold to ICE that could lead to deportations in the future. And I'm only sharing this because this is part of my work as a teacher too, not only educating young people, but navigating services for families and for communities. And this is what it means to survive the crisis under a capitalist state. It means pushing people to their limits of survival. It means pushing people to the bare minimum they need to make it through every day and still turn a profit. That's capitalism. And this is especially true for women who not only work in jobs that are undervalued, but also have the additional unpaid work of reproducing the working class, of cooking, cleaning, childcare, elder care, and raising families. But with the working class, it never just stops at survival because it is our task and our duty to bring about a radical societal and economic transformation. And with the changing face of the US labor force, where women are playing a bigger role, an essential role, it's women leading the class struggle for the dignity of all people. Over the last few decades, the working class and the unions representing workers has gone through a number of significant change changes. The working class is lower paid than earlier decades. It's more multinational. Manufacturing and industrial jobs have been viciously eliminated or outsourced by bosses and corporations. This shift from heavy industry and the elimination of jobs in auto, steel, and rubber to social services changed the relation of forces in the labor movement. Higher paying jobs were automated out of existence with the expansion of technology while the lower paid service sector jobs increased. Understanding the changing nature of work and the work that we do affects how we struggle as a class. It means we understand a growing role of women workers, of black workers, and of Latino workers. And this is the material basis for the leadership of working class women in the class struggle. So yes, I can confidently say that I believe the 21st century is a century of women. Women are emerging as the working class leaders. And yeah, we can talk about the glass ceiling if we want to. We could talk about women being CEOs, women being politicians, getting into positions of so-called power. And yeah, we can say women of all classes can be thriving, even the ruling class. But I want us to look beyond the glass ceiling and look at the women who are constructing the building itself, cleaning the building, the women who are doing the childcare so that the other women can focus on the glass ceiling. For us in the PSL, the question is, how does the most oppressed sector of the working class come to the forefront so the working class can win? The working class can only win with women's leadership. This isn't sentimental or romantic, but it's the nature of work. It's the work of women. The consciousness of women has shifted because of earlier generations of struggle, and women are asserting their leadership all over. And when they do, all sectors rise up. Look at the wave of teacher strikes. When women, a, a dominated, I'm sorry, when teachers, a women-dominated profession, look, uh, went on strike in West Virginia and the state conceded to their demands, the government gave a 5% raise to all public sector workers. 
So everyone benefited from the struggle of women. Working class women bear all the work of society and are emerging as the leaders. Working class women are out here confronting the exploitation at the heart of our oppression. We're fighting back against all the unpaid and underpaid labor and demanding liberation when it comes to our bodily autonomy, our sexual freedom, reproductive justice, and issues such as domestic violence, hunger, incarceration, homelessness, and deportation. And this is why we're organizing to cancel all rents and mortgages across the country. Because women are working, not getting paid enough, not eating enough, and still have to look out for their families and communities. And no one should have to worry about potential evictions and spending all their money on rent. So I invite you all to join a car caravan on May 30th. And if you don't have a car, make a sign, put on a mask, go outside if you can, chalk up the sidewalks, and let your neighbors know that they're not alone. We're in this fight together. Thank you.